Hi, this is Quinn Wynn and Jesse Chu, co-founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season five. We're here to share our paper flower journey, engage with makers and artists, and support other female entrepreneurs. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have Laura Ritchie with us. And Laura Ritchie is the artist behind Two Clever Designs, Pucker Up Paper Lips, and Paper Portraits. That's the newest one. So we are so excited to (laughs) to talk to her about all of these really cool brands. And they are brands very distinct with distinct art and distinct style. So we're excited to talk to her about that. If you guys haven't heard episode 28, where we talked to Laura a couple of years back about her paper flowers and to Clever Design, you have to do that because her story is just, it all makes sense. And Laura, in case anyone who's listening now have not listened to episode 28, do you mind introducing yourself in, I guess, a short form? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So I'm Laura Ritchie. I live in London, Ontario, Canada. I have been in the paper, florist, sculpturist, all that kind of stuff for about 10 years now. I left my corporate job because my youngest son was diagnosed with autism. And therefore, with all of his appointments and such, I just couldn't be outside of the house. So I had to develop a business that I could be at the disposal of his needs whenever possible. So that's where Two Clever Designs came in and doing paper flowers. In the last few years, things have kind of changed with COVID. So I opened up Pucker Up Paper Lips and then recently did the paper portraits. So that's just kind of a little synopsis. (laughs) (laughs) I know. If you guys haven't seen her paper flowers, and you might have to scroll back a bit on an Instagram account. (laughs) She's just telling us about, I'm just working on these other endeavors uh, lately, but you have to check it out. Like she does amazing Mm -hmm. things with cardstock, stuff that like I could never imagine before I saw her work. Yeah. She makes it move. Like it's (laughs) amazing what you can do with it. And I know that you've accumulated all these, these skills and experiences when you like, while you're working on these flowers, but seeing you put them into practice and seeing like your, like, I remember you saying like the flick of the wrist kind of thing on your dahlia, just you talking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like so much love and soul goes into these flowers. But yeah, you guys have to take a look at it. Her dahlias are like amazing. They do not look like paper. They're definitely, our two is is the Cafe Latte dahlia. That's definitely my my favorite one, and as as you said, Jess, it was a weird flick of the wrist and a new motion of how the paper looked was formed. And that's the only one I do that technique on, but it just makes it more realistic than anything else. So, yeah. yeah. You do magic with yes. paper to make the flat and make it three-dimensional. So tell us about all these new things you've been doing. Sculptural. I mean, you've used the word sculpture, and I think that's really appropriate for the new, these, well, I guess they're not even new anymore. You've been doing it for the last <laughs> two, so well, you've been doing year, it for sure. all the time. You've been yes. experimenting with different sculptures, and you've been doing that for a long, long time. But how did the lips come about? And we love the name, by the way, Pucker Up Paper mm-hmm. Lips. So yep. fun. 
That was fun trying to figure that one out. I made a couple of lips just for the house and I posted them and some and people liked them and I kind of put them aside. And then, as I said, when the pandemic hit, my weddings kind of diminished and I needed something else to do where I could be sitting beside the kids while they're doing their homeschooling and I could make something. And if you Google lip art, there's some absolutely amazing lip artists out there that paint their lips. And I had the pleasure, actually, because of Jess, introducing me to a company, a marketing company in Toronto. I had done 1500 rose gold. Rose oh, yes. Oh, my God. For, and Vlada Haggerty is an amazing lip painter artist. Actually, anything makeup. She's amazing. And I happened to post a couple of lips and she commented and I think I like fell over. (laughs) We started chatting until midnight. Of course, she's in California. So it was like in the afternoon. But anyway, we chatted and chatted and we started talking. She says, can you do anything similar to what I do? And I said, well, I could always give it a try. So I made a lip similar to one of her iconic lips and we did a collaboration for a few months just to see how things went. And honestly, that's how Pucker Up kind of blew up, if I can say blew up, but blew up. And I started taking that art more seriously and adding in my flowers and being more creative. And paper's always been a passion. So it was pretty easy to kind of fall into making paper lips. So mm-hmm. that's. <laughs> <laughs> what drew you to the lips to begin with? Cause you said you had made some for the house. Oh, that type of sculpture, the low poly sculpture. I think I found a free deer head once on Pinterest and I tried it and Deer head isn't quite my aesthetic. <laughs> I think I saw it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've made I've made a, a several of them since, but I don't know, pretty lips, mm-hmm. flowers, they kind of like go together. And I think when the lip kind of came across my vision, I was like, yep, this works. And as I say, I just did it in like the ordinary matte red. And then I think I did a rose gold and then... I went, ooh, all these new papers that have just been released back at Michael's like years ago. I'm like, ooh, why can't I try this? And then it just kind of, they just kind of fell into place. But I've, mm-hmm. I am a bit of a girly girl. Can't tell right now, but I am <laughs> a girly girl. Well, Ted Baker, I mean, yes. yeah. And it was just like a match. I just love it. I just love mm-hmm. making making the lips I don't know I dream up of all different kinds of designs and I just love it so yeah that's I such that. <laughs> I love the way your creative mind just works it's amazing <laughs> to see the evolution of your career and mm-hmm. I love how cardstock has been your foundation of creating all your different creations from your 3d dimensions to the flowers to now portrait, which I absolutely love. I think that has been a really interesting add-on to your brand. Can you tell us more about that? So paper portraits, again, kind of just came across, and I say, how did somebody think? And it came across an email. Somebody had sent an email with a portrait on it. And I'm like, why can't I do that out of paper? 
right? Mm -hmm. And being like a minimalistic looking portrait. And I'm like, I can do that. I've got enough supplies that I can pretty much (laughs) in tone. I can, you know, do those kinds of things. And I wanted to keep it incredibly minimalistic in the look where I've seen other artists where they're going into detail of their eyes, their face. You know, I didn't, I didn't want that. I wanted it to be a glance, like a simple glance and know Mm -hmm. what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Christmas, it kind of, that was, I don't know, that was a jumping point that where I think majority of my sales came from Christmas presents. So I know Mm -hmm. that it will back up again next year around the Christmas time because it is unique and it's different. And it's something very personal. So yes. yeah, I really, really loved it. And the last one I did, I actually got to make tiny little flowers. So that was kind of really fun pulling my other skill set into it. Yeah. So yeah. Do people send you photos to work with? Yes. Yes. So they send me several photos of either the family as a group or individually. And I always do a mock-up on my computer and then I send them like a digital image just to make sure that I'm on the right path of what they want. Hand cut it out after and put it together. And before it's completely glued, I always share, I always go through the steps with them to make sure they're hundred percent happy because a photo may show that their hair color is one color, but it really isn't. So I always like to go through all the different steps and stuff, but I don't want to overcomplicate it by making it exactly right. as that. <laughs> right. I hear what you're saying is that have a vision of how much details, but that's very much an aesthetic thing. <laughs> like it's kind of like you're very intentional, intentional in terms of what you leave, what you put in and what you leave out, because yeah. that's what you, that's your style. And I, that's really cool. You're one of those artists who, like I said, have like you have your hand in so many things and yet you're so confident about your style in each of them. (laughs) And that's, that can be very difficult. It takes a certain amount of experience, I think, and your knowledge of the paper, just you being so knowledgeable about what the paper does, what you like about it, what you don't like about it and the feel of it and the textures and the colors and the sheen, even like, you know, different sheens. And you've done so much with the paper that like just translating it and expressing it, sorry, expressing yourself through the paper in different ways comes so naturally to you that you can be confident about your style and say, no, you know, I like this, but I don't like that. And, and people, I mean, yeah, people are consuming it. I think it's amazing. I wanted to ask you about the lips too. The lips, do you like hand sculpt everything? Do you like, how do you put the different, like, I'm trying to figure out in my head. I'm like, how does it even work? <laughs> I mean, with the different like patterns on or like, I clearly don't work with cardstock. <laughs> I mean, the original lip, the lip I do now all on my Cricut for the most part, because I do large quantities. So I have been able to import it into my into my cutting machine so that I can do it quicker. But anything additional, like, I mean, if I'm adding like elements, I have to hand cut the elements yeah. of mm-hmm. them on and I hand place them when I do it so that I learn different materials. What materials will fold to the mm. 
shape of the lip. I've learned that over the years, what materials I can use to add on the decor elements. That is so cool. Yeah. I love your bumblebee. That one's really super amazing. The one that oh, has like a little honeybee on the lip. I think that was one of my first, the gold, there was a gold honey or gold lip with honeycombs and then little bee, little tiny, tiny bees on it. And that was my first attempt at making a patterned lip. And I still have that original one. And I have definitely from then changed out the different materials from like, that one is a brush gold and I've done, oh my God, every color under the rainbow, I swear. And then mm-hmm. added it's all different it's that's the fun thing about the lips is that there is no boundaries of color mm-hmm. same with paper flowers like really you can make mm-hmm. them any you want so yeah it's years of practicing and playing yes, yes. <laughs> no absolutely I think so I think it's a lot more than just oh you know I decided I want to do this one day there's so many things that kind of led up to those opportunities coming about whether it's because they came to you or you made them or something, right? Like kind of all the stars aligned at the right time, at the right place. And I think that's amazing. But before that, you need to be prepared. And I think that you've done an amazing job with that. With the lips and the portraits, how do you, how do you sell them? You sell them online? Do you release collections of them? Or is it now, is it like mainly dictated by what your, your customers are looking for? I so wish I was that organized. Um, I am not. Um, <laughs> I am not. Of course, I started everything with Etsy. So I still have my Etsy shop under Two Clever Designs. And then I also have a Shopify account for Pucker Up Paper Lips. I do have another website, but it's just a visual website. And then it the weirdest thing is people want to purchase through WhatsApp, through text messaging, through Facebook, through IG, through TikTok. Like, I mean, you just had to be on all different levels and just being able to communicate with them whichever way they want to communicate with you, which can be challenging in itself, sorted. But that just kind of is the way that it is because people are everywhere, anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I wish I were able to release a collection, <laughs> have that. <laughs> it's kind of like somebody says, oh, I really like that. Can I buy it? Kind of yeah. a thing. That's mm-hmm. kind of that I have to present my businesses these days because paper portraits, you can't really sell a portrait that isn't of the person <laughs> in makes sense I have done collections of like the golden girls I absolutely love doing that one and I love that one (laughs) before Betty White died I'm like oh (laughs) you know I I have that one then Schitt's Creek I son of man that's my personal favorite one but people will go who the heck is that but you have to google it if you don't know who that is if you're an art buff you'll definitely know what that is and then I've done friends and I've done Seinfeld and they're just for fun Again, it's recognizable. And those ones are being sold in a local art shop here in London. So mm-hmm. they're exclusive there. I haven't sold them. They're not anywhere online. They're just in that art shop. So that's where they are. You do the Winnie the Pooh. The trademark is coming up for that. So 
that well, would that be would be really fun. So I know that infringement and um, <laughs> play a little bit of havoc on anything that. So that's why I think the paper portraits, to the point of recognizing on a minimalistic that isn't having any of the verbiage, then I'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little tricky to go through. <laughs> it, it certainly is. It certainly is more than you think it is. And I've yeah. been I've been down that road where, yeah, what you can and cannot do. So yes. Yeah, that's yeah. tricky. But yeah, it would be so I, those I think those would sell really well. I mean, if they're like super recognizable and people knew, oh, because yeah. there's so many fans out there. But that's yeah, that's I guess the the limitations in terms of licensing and cover infringement, et cetera. But yeah, I, I can totally imagine that those would be very popular for as gifts as I wonder. I, I'm just thinking, I always think about these things when like it kind of applies to me. <laughs> In know, terms right? of, like when I'm <laughs> thinking about collect when I'm thinking about like, oh, who would like one of those? And I can think of so many people who would think it's super cool. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like photographs these days, they're so disposable. You just like there's so many on your phone. It's like almost like you don't cherish them. No one prints their photos anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. you just don't, right? Um, I did my Christmas card this year in a paper portrait. And actually I did a few people's Christmas cards with their paper portraits. And it was, you know, something that they'll get to keep. And yeah. it was really, it's an art. To me, it's art. Like I absolutely have I have our family on the wall, the first one I ever made, because to me, it's a piece of art and it's not just a photo. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. It's your, yeah, it's your interpretation, right? Interpretation of the family and you can add something to it or you can remove something. I think that communicates a lot. It conveys a lot about how you feel about the family too, maybe, <laughs> or their personalities, right? So yeah, absolutely. I think you're just draw like you're drawing or you're creating something with paper. And I think that's yeah. a really cool way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I um, love the fact that your medium is, has always been, like your strong point, cardstock. And there's been a little of a dabble into the crepe paper, but it's always been your cardstock that always stood out. How have you, I mean, how did you fall in love with that medium? And how were you able to evolve it and to maintain? Because I think modernizations of doing cardstock, so it's, modern and it appeals to the young crowd as we're all getting older the new people are the one that we're trying to appeal how have you been able to do this cardstock honestly it's it's how available stuff is I started with making scrapbooking and card making and at that point it was pretty available and that was like Crate paper for me was never available. So I never got to play around with it. Mm-hmm. And being a stamping out demonstrator way back in the day, that paper was there. And I got to experience the different textures and weights and see what I liked. And I started making sculptures back then for a couple contests with stamping up and using their materials. And that's where the love of flowers came out because I started, those were my very first flowers I ever made it's kind of kept on going. And again, it's accessibility of having mm-hmm. a Michael's road being the only craft store that we have here. I kind of had to adapt my skills to 
using what they had on hand. And then of course, learning about different paper companies and ordering them. And I did start to order around the world and learning different textures and weights, but it was, I don't know, there's just so much more in cardstock, text weight, all the different textures, different finishes. It's, I find that the vast majority, well, what I own, yeah, is paper. I couldn't get my hand off. <laughs> if you love our podcast, please consider supporting us by hitting subscribe and writing us a review. And if you want to do a little more, consider making a donation on our website at www.papertalkpodcast.com. Every dollar of your gift goes into the making of this podcast. That's good. Talk about import real quick, how limited it is and how hard it is to get materials. Has that impacted you a lot? Oh, huge, huge. Even when, well, when was it? I shouldn't even say the president there changed them. (laughs) Like we couldn't like pockets, cards and pockets and stuff and Darcy and all them. They wouldn't ship to Canada anymore. So, Mm. or if they did, it cost like quadruple the amount. So that really, it really changed things and limits. And then my holidays to the United States didn't happen. So I couldn't bring back all my paper. <laughs> That's definitely had a huge impact on even what I create now is what is available for me and at my fingertips. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with, you know, orders of your lips or flowers or whatever it might be in the hundreds? How do you deal with that? I mean, I'd be like stressed out. <laughs> About mm-hmm. like the materials, not about yes. making it, but like, how do I source the materials? So last summer I um, got to do 500 and uh, it was in the 500s paper lips for, oh my gosh. for Too Faced Cosmetics for a product launch of their new plumper lipstick. Congratulations, and, by the way. I know it was beautiful. Yeah, that was intense. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> Especially COVID, I have an assistant in the house. My kids were at home. It was, and we had just moved. It was crazy. But I guess maybe I'm a bit of a hoarder of paper. (laughs) It's a good thing for what has happened. (laughs) That amount on hand. Oh Um, my God. (laughs) That's absolutely amazing. It was, but now my, my stock has diminished like incredibly. So therefore, I can't do that large of a quantity of one color <laughs> right now. <laughs> and as I was saying, like with the prices that have changed and some of my favorite sources have gone out of business because of COVID, it, it's definitely going to be a bit of a struggle to figure those things out. So yeah, again, hoarding sometimes is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> You know, it's so sad. There are a lot of businesses that have gone out of business. And mm-hmm. here up in Canada, everything is just, we just don't have enough of a market to get pricing the same way that the States can. And then, like you said, like just buying it from the States and shipping it here, it's it's like, it's ridiculous it's, how it expensive it is. It's more like, I mean, it's more than what the paper is worth. And sometimes then mm-hmm. you can. And if you look at it as a business, and obviously that's what we're talking about is as a business, you, you really have to pay attention to your, the money that's going out, right? Mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you're 
having to pay triple for shipping and stuff like that, it just, then you're not making anything. So what's the point? Um, so you, you definitely have to present your ideas with what you can have on hand or what you can easily source. And that's what I had, I had to do with them. I had, did have to send them a lot of colors and thank goodness they went for the same color. I had a crap load of uh, inventory, but something like the gold, their gold logo, I had to source out five or six different types of vinyls from all over and order a large quantity to, to get the exact color that they wanted, mm-hmm. which fortunately, thank goodness for Amazon, which I don't like to promote that much, but sometimes you have no choice. Yeah. That's what I had to do, but I had to got to find the fine line to profit on an order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Figuring out the right sources. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah. said. It's, yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, you know what? You think in your head, oh my, you know, you're desperate for it and you order it. But like you said, like it's one of your business, like it's not sustainable three times that means you should be charging three times more for your product for it to be actually sustainable exactly and I hate to say it again but that's hoarder part of me is when I see a paper that I love like I will buy out the entire selection it may not be good for my bottom line right then but I will eventually use a paper like crepe paper doesn't go bad so you can kind of create and design something to use that and it ends up working out perfectly. So mm-hmm. don't wait sometimes to buy more than you need if you see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, no, that's so true. I mean, we're the artists, right? In a way, it's like, we're the one who controls what we use. And especially if, like with your experience with the in the paper world, like you've seen, you've probably seen a lot of crappy paper. <laughs> and you've probably seen things that you know that your customers would just love. You're like, this color sells or this finishing is amazing on my lips or on this flower. So like having, conf- like trusting your gut, I guess, and trusting mm-hmm. your own taste and your own experience. I think that's a really good reminder, Laura. Yeah. yeah. That we have control over some things, you know? Yes. Uh, not all, but some. <laughs> As you said, like launching a product line or launching a collection, if I if I could get myself into that mindset of actually doing that and be preemptive of it, I could launch something that I have a large quantity of and be happy that I have that already at my disposal instead of scrambling for it. So sometimes I would suggest to people is kind of plan ahead to what you want to maybe liquidate in your stash. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way. <laughs> I would have to agree with that statement. I used to buy a whole bunch of crepe paper. I've kind of stopped doing the posy box supplies, but I would purposely create tutorials. If I knew I had a lot of one color paper, I would just create a tutorial around it. And it was so much easier. It's like, okay, I need to get rid of this paper. And this is a great color to go with this particular flower. Mm-hmm. And you kind of handpick and hand choose. I think it's a great way to deplenish your inventory. <laughs> and it's less stressing. Like, I mean, yes. it's a whole lot stressing when you're like, okay, are people going to love this? Am I going to have enough or mm-hmm. not? It's, yeah. yeah. 
this weird. I stare over in the corner, but I have, <laughs> I, I overordered paper once for a project and I have like 3000 sheets of horror. <laughs> use this for I hope someday somebody's gonna want it but I could plan something where I'm going to use that to create something and hopefully people love it so yeah 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 Yeah, pretty sure they will (laughs) it's absolutely amazing what you do and I love that you you do get orders that are in the hundreds Mm -hmm. that could easily (laughs) ease your inventory up (laughs) I wish that well you know what some days I wish that was that happened more often Definitely, it was awesome to have that order with the Too Faced. I mean, it was a great order. There was no branding associated, so people didn't know it came from me because mm-hmm. it is it is done through a marketing agency, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, then two projects I'm working on right now that aren't as large, but they are... 100% I'm allowed to brand it completely so people will know awesome. where they came from. That's exciting. That yeah. is. But yeah, I, I don't think I could handle doing that large of a quantity all the time. There's no way. My, my hands wouldn't handle it. For yeah, sure. Exactly. <laughs> One person. <laughs> it's a lot. It's so it intensive. Is. Yeah, it is. It is totally. So yeah. I do have one question. If someone wanted to work with a marketing PR group, how do they get themselves involved or get themselves noticed to get jobs? Like, because I think a lot of our listeners like, ooh, what, how do I get into that industry? How do you go about doing it? I honestly, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> networking, you guys. It's all about networking. Yes. <laughs> it's a weird thing. No. And how Two Face ended up finding me is honestly, I had to ask is I had posted a hashtag of something that they they looked for. And that's weird. So putting the proper hashtags with your work Mm -hmm. is really important. And what they were looking for, they asked me about, but then they changed their mind once they found, like saw what I did. and we worked our way into that now. The two projects that I'm working on right now, the one is for the New York Fashion Week for the House of Beretti. And I, I've had to hire a PR company. This is the first time I've done that. Mm-hmm. I'm paying a PR company to help get exposure for my work. So that's how that company has been in contact with me. And I'm also working on another project that has to do with red carpet. That's about all I'm allowed to say. (laughs) That's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That one, again, is sometimes you have to put yourself out there. And to me, hiring a a, um, company to help promote me Mm -hmm. was really hard. And it's been a struggle for me to feel that's where my money should go. Mm -hmm. thing that it will reward itself in months to come Mm -hmm. so taking a leap with your business is definitely something I recommend I can't say anything bad at this point because the opportunities so far there's been a lot of opportunities that have come to me and I've had to turn down a, a local tv station in Toronto 
because I just couldn't do what they had had asked me to do. Mm-hmm. But at least I know that they liked my work enough that they wanted me. So mm-hmm. being exposed to that, having the right marketing company to expose you to those opportunities, I think is a good investment. Mm-hmm. That yeah, may have been a way of saying it, but I definitely <laughs> sometimes it's good to invest in yes. any, even though it might be scary, is at least give it a try. So yeah. know when to invest because you have a portfolio. You've been in business for quite a number of years. You have some history behind it. Like at what part of your journey, business journey, do you say, okay, I'm, I'm ready to grow my business to the next level. And it involves getting a PR agent. How did you go about deciding that? Man, I have been talking about it with my husband for, oh gosh, at least a year. And I think the push for me was the fact that the sales weren't consistent. My sales weren't being, weren't coming in consistently. And sorry, uh, Laura, can I interject? Just ask you one question to clarify. When you hired the marketing company, was it to promote all of your businesses or just Pucker? Puck, yes. Pucker, okay. Papers. Okay. Because I think that makes a difference in terms of your decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Anyways, go on. <laughs> Continue. I explain why I didn't do it for the, the, I can quickly paper flowers. I think that I had been out in the industry for such a long time that word of mouth really worked well for me and doing as many wedding shows as I had done over the years sustained what I wanted that particular business to do. For Pucker Up Paper Lips, because it is, again, a product for a certain niche, you can't really do a a wedding show for lip injectors. Kind of, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there isn't that type of a, a show or an event that you can go to that would promote my paper lips to the industry in which I want to be in. Right. So finding, finding a company that the PR company I've chosen works with beauty people. Mm-hmm. So that is her only thing. She works with beauty people. So in lip per, or my pucker up paper lips is for the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. Therefore, that's why I decided I needed help because I don't know how to get my foot into a magazine. Like I don't know right. which editor to write, which magazine is the best or how to get into fashion shows, getting in their radar and finding the right PR person for that was the only way I could think of getting my work out there. I mean, Etsy and Instagram, TikTok, and that can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So true. I mean, their yeah. industry is so tight. Like they have their own people, they have their own network. And like mm-hmm. you said, like you can't, it's, I mean, if they know people already, they're going to use their people. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, how do it's you all referrals? Yourself, yeah. How do you insert yourself into that? into yeah. that market really mm-hmm. they're, they're not just like customers they're not like you're not just selling to one customer you're selling your product you're marketing your product in a way that is it's different it's not somebody I mean obviously one-offs people can buy it but in mm-hmm. order for you to like but because of the the way you're marketing your lips where you're you're really targeting these events you're targeting you know more high-end 
branding. So a lot of branding work, probably a lot of like now with beauty, the beauty industry doing all of that. Like it's, it's honestly an industry that I don't think normal people are in (laughs) like regular people can't, you don't have access to that. So yeah, no, it it makes total sense. The majority of clients that I have, or I started are makeup artists, lip injectors, face augmentation people, and they have them in their salons or beauty, whatever. And that's wonderful. Like, I love it. And it's, again, getting that reach out. So if you, like, there's a couple of magazines that hopefully will be publishing things soon that they will see it because it's in that wheelhouse industry. And I didn't know how to break into that without finding somebody that knew how to open those doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I always tell, we, I always tell my students, like you only hire somebody who does the, a better job than you. And mm-hmm. I think you found that person. I mean, they're getting you amazing contracts and I can't wait to see what other projects that they like get you in the door for. It's going to be really amazing. Yeah. I, so. <laughs> I, I really so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it is, it's scary. It's definitely scary to invest in something that you have very little control over, but just sometimes got to jump in with two feet. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It depends how big you want your business to be. And I think that's the question that people need to ask is, do I just want to do this as a hobby? Um, How much time and effort do I actually want to spend in it? And, And what where do I want to go or where, where do I want my product to be? And those are the questions that I think once you answer those, you'll kind of figure out what path you need to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those are great yeah. questions to ask. Gosh, it's been really amazing chatting with you, Laura, just seeing what, when we talked to you back in episode 28 to now you're going to be like over a hundred episodes. I know. <laughs> like your progression. <laughs> it's all you guys. Oh, you guys rocking it here. You guys are the, the as you are working so tirelessly and you're mm-hmm. such a busy mom and a busy entrepreneur, where do you find the time to like pamper yourself or do you pamper yourself? What do you do to treat yourself? Yeah, I had to think of that one. Funnily enough, we purchased this house because I love the master bathroom. It has a freestanding tub and that would be how I pamper myself is I get to shut the door, put the candles on and have a tub in this absolutely stunning bathroom. And I think that that's my time to just kind of relax, unwind. I can have Siri play some crackling fire sounds and, and, and love that. <laughs> it's just my, it's my time to relax and I shut the door and no one, you know, bothers me. So yeah, that's how I pamper myself is just having a relaxing time in my in my bathroom. <laughs> I love that. That's wonderful. Well, I don't think not? we. I think we're all in the age where we all we all take showers because we need to get clean and then we got to continue on our day. <laughs> and I just love the fact that you're like, nope, I'm gonna take my time. I'm gonna enjoy this wonderful hot bath with some crackling fire noise. I love that. <laughs> you know, I just love to hear, I don't know why. I just love the sound of a, um, of like a bonfire. I don't know why I just do. So it's just soothing. It's, it's soothing. soothing. It is soothing. 
it's yes. soothing. I have the lights out and just a couple candles. It's like I'm your so oasis <laughs> yes. in the middle of the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you yeah. so much, Laura. It's been a pleasure chatting with you again. Yeah. Oh, it's a pleasure talking to you, ladies. You guys are amazing. Oh, too. No, likewise. It's been amazing seeing what you've been doing and you, how you've been evolving and adding to your repertoire. It's really, really cool. We live vicariously through you. Yes. <laughs> I feel that way about you guys. I, I, all the things that you guys accomplish always blows my mind. So I feel like just a little tiny pebble in a pond when I see you guys and, and how you work and just the amazing art that you guys come up with. It just, yeah, it's so inspiring. Aww. You definitely inspired us too. Laura. Yes. Likewise. That's amazing. I think, yes. <laughs> We're a fan <laughs> of you too. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Laura, for coming on. We would love to thank you, our listener, and especially our patrons for supporting our podcast, Paper Talk, and for making season five possible. Mm-hmm.